Hello. Hello. And welcome back to <coughs> Kaylon Harrison. Won't shut up. Yeah. A regularly occurring podcast, just like all the other podcasts out there. We give you content <laughs> at a frequency that makes sense. Yeah, and just like we always really have, right, Harrison? Yeah, nothing. Nothing's really changed. We're just here. Here. <laughs> I don't even know why we. Why we brought it up? Because it's so ba-doo-ba-dee-doo. Precisely. Yeah, whatever that means. Yes. Um, how are you, Kayla? Uh, I'm... Oh, no, I'm yawning. Oh, you're not good, though. I mean, I'm up, but here I am. I'm here. That's what's important, right? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um... So, this movie, before we even get started, (laughs) let me tell the world that you... You've been telling me to watch this movie for a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, like two weeks probably. Yeah, and I thought I had seen it this whole time, and I got it confused with another movie. And I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler for my rating today, but I don't know that I'm... Remember last week when I couldn't remember the difference between Sinister and Insidious? (laughs) Yes. I think I'm going to have the problem with The Strangers, which is the movie we did watch this week, and You're Next, the movie I thought this was every time we talked about it. Mm. Well, that's interesting. We can dissect that a little bit. We will. So, oh, we will. Kayla just yes. identified that the movie we're talking about this week is The Strangers. Yes. A 2008 psychological slasher film. Written and directed by Brian Bertino. Yeah. Um, this might have been his first movie. Was it? I don't know. Uh, I don't even possibly. know. Um Why don't we why don't we do a little breakdown? Let's start off with that. Okay. I just, I did, in the in this time of remote us recording this podcast, this is the first time where I am I am fresh off this film. Oh, that's what Harrison. I was gonna say. Yeah, this is a I, welcome I, change. <laughs> I watched it this very instant. Like I I finished it and texted you, and then we started recording. <laughs> and we'll see. And we'll see if you can remember it well enough to not call it. You're next. You're next. <laughs> um. Also. Technically, mm-hmm. we were supposed to do the third iteration of the host today, but... Oh, you know what? We messed up. I realized that I don't really have any interest in watching that movie, so... I would. I'd watch it. We'll see. Maybe maybe the one-year anniversary of the host, we'll watch the third host. <laughs> yes! That sounds like a wonderful idea. <laughs> um, cool. So, The Strangers is a film about <laughs> two star-crossed lovers. Incorrect. Let me tell you what it's actually about, having just watched it. (laughs) The Strangers is about a couple who are theoretically still dating, even though at the very beginning of the film, one of them proposes to the other one, and you assume the other one says no, and things are tense. Mm. And they're staying in one of their childhood homes for reasons that aren't really explained. Other than there's, it's implied that the, that the, the dude in their relationship had planned some sort of beautiful 
yay, we got engaged. Not only the house, which is full of rose petals or whatever, mm-hmm. but like there was, they were going to go on a road trip and it started at, at his childhood home or some such thing. Mm. Yes. So not really star-crossed lovers so much as jilted exes. And not even because they're still, they still seem to like each other. I don't know. I mean, again, we're saying all the words we're saying right now mean nothing. Well, there are also more than ever is said about this relationship in the entirety of the film. Well, she says, I think at one point she says, she's not ready right now, right? Yeah. And, and at first you think maybe that they've broken up, broken up. But then as the film goes on, it's like, no, they're still together. He's just embarrassed because he proposed. Yes. And she said no. So she being Liv Tyler, who is yes. Kristen in this movie. We only get first names. There aren't a lot of people in this movie. There are so, not a lot of people in this movie. Hold on. I want you to kind of give the rest of of, of the, the setup of this film, because I remember just now that I made a list of things to bring up during this podcast, ooh, and it's over by list. the television. I mean, need to go grab it. So go you grab go it. ahead, set the people up. I will. Uh, Liv Tyler played a character named Kristen, and Scott Speedman, who I've never probably seen in any other movie, uh, played James... And the two of them, as Kayla mentioned, James proposes to Kristen. She doesn't say yes. Things are a little awkward. They go back to his childhood home, question mark, and chaos ensues. Yes. Can I tell you what this list was that I found and I I have now? Yes. This is, first of all, this is my professional notebook. Oh, yes. Very professional. Yeah, it's got a little witch on it. Mm-hmm. It's from the Target dollar section. Anywho. We like deals. We do. Um, so I made a list of things you shouldn't, life lessons, if you will. I made a list of <laughs> life lessons I got from this film. Affirmations from the film? Yes. Well, I don't know if I'd use the word affirmations, but definitely life lessons. Would you like to hear the first one? It's related. Yes. It's don't propose to someone until you've discussed getting married. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Because clearly it comes out of left field for her. Mm-hmm. Like, as if she's never considered that he might want to marry her. That's not a good time to propose to someone. At, and when, wasn't it, weren't they at someone else's wedding? They were. Which is also odd. And he proposed in the parking lot after the wedding. Overall, unromantic, unplanned. Yeah, James is not real original, as we learn. (laughs) Um, So, that's a very good point. Thank you. I I have a whole list of them. I can't wait to hear the rest. Is it a whole page on that little thing, or two? Um, It's two. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, uh, James and Kristen go back to the house. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Nothing happens for, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. The other... Okay, so the... the, (laughs) There's a... They're at a wedding uh, Mm -hmm. where where James' friend Mike is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And after the marriage rejection, or -hmm. the proposal rejection, James Mm -hmm. asks Mike to come pick him up in the morning. Yes. And then they proceed to go to this house. Nothing's happening. Da-da-da-da-da. They're walking around, playing a little music, maybe. And then there's a knock at the door. Yes. And this is at four in the morning. 
Yes, and actually that leads me into my next two life lessons. Would you like to hear them? Yes. Okay, number one, or number two rather, at this point. Never install a door in a home that doesn't have a peephole for the front door. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. But yeah, good. good. Well, I mean, yep. right? Do you, a lot of these things, right? Okay, people. Um, but that leads me right into number three, which is no one good is visiting you at 4 a.m. Don't answer the door. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's either, well, it could be someone that, no. Well, it could be someone nope. that needs help. Well, too bad. They have to go figure it out somewhere else. It's 4 a.m. But what if you're the other side of that door? is you and your car is just broken down well if i if that were me and my car had just broken down i wouldn't have said is tamara there hi are you sure are you sure is tamara there (laughs) i would have said something like help my car's broken down yes so tamara or tamara is not there we learned no tamara's not there no one in that house is named tamara i guess Tamara, Tamara, I love you, Tamara. You're only a day away. Yes, exactly. Um, surprise, Tamara doesn't exist. The person whose face is obstructed is because the front door light is out, which, as Tamara walks away, they realize, well, they, maybe they don't realize. But, but he screws the light he back in. He screws the light back in. Obviously, yeah. that person had unscrewed it. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, lock all the doors at that moment in time. First of all, yes. okay, before that moment in time, period, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. based on me, all the doors would have been locked and windows the moment I entered said childhood home. Which is in the forest in the middle of nowhere. With a bu- In a neighborhood with a bunch of other houses with no one at any of them. Okay, you're right. So, but it was also, it was also wooded. Yeah, but you could, see, you could see next door easily. I mean, you could see all the houses down the block. It wasn't, like, so wooded that you couldn't see them. Yeah, because you're right. Because it's just that no one's around. Because he says at one point, like, I haven't heard anyone or any dogs or any cars or anything. So it's like a deserted neighborhood. Exactly. I don't know. You don't get a lot of exposition in this film. No, you don't. So I also want to rewind a little bit because... We'll talk about this later, but the movie starts by saying this is based on a true story. It does. Fast forward back to where we were. Yes. The person leaves. Um, Mm -hmm. James is like, I'm stressed. We haven't been talking to each other for hours. We've just been looking at each other. Sort of angry, sort of not. There's rose petals everywhere. I need a cigarette. And leaves. Mm -hmm. Kristen's like, okay, granted... It's now almost 5 a.m. I should probably start a fire. I'm cold? Question mark. Okay, so because I just watched this film, I can tell you that it's her cigarettes, but he offers to go get them because he feels awkward. But before he leaves, he's like, let me, let me, uh, let me build you a fire, which leads me actually to number five. I skipped number four. Number five is open the chimney before you start a fire in the fireplace. Yes. Classic mistake. <laughs> rookie mistake. Kristen freaks out because the uh, fire, whatever, starts going off. Yes. Um, and then she hears another knock at the door. And she drops the alarm, freaked out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, calls James' cell phone from the landline. Is this another lesson? Don't get a landline? Uh, no. Well, there's a lesson that I skipped over, which was number four. Never imply you're alone. Because that first girl was so weird... It was so clear that she was casing the joint to me. I don't know if that's because I'm a paranoid person. I know I'm watching a horror movie. 
but to me it seemed very clear that she was casing the joint. She determined there were only two people home, and then she never left the property and she saw one leave. Oh, okay. You see? And yes. actually, I did say number six, put out the fire that's causing the smoke before you tamper with the smoke alarm. That was number six. Mm. She didn't get a chance to because it broke. Yeah. And then someone's knocking on the door. Um, <laughs> someone cuts the line. Yep. So the landline was useless. Yep. And uh, Kristen returns to the kitchen. Mm -hmm, Surprise, mm -hmm. we see someone in the house with her. It's a man yes. in a mask. It's a man in the mask. And then she realizes someone else has been in the house because the alarm had been, or the fire alarm that dropped was moved. Correct. Um, can't find her cell phone. Mm -hmm. Hears a noise in the backyard, I guess, but doesn't think it's James. <laughs> um, which it isn't. Which it isn't. Yeah. Okay. So she's right in that case. Um, freaks out. Gets a knife, logically. Very um, logical. The only logical thing anyone does in this whole film. Yes. Just putting that out there. And then opens the curtains. Mm-hmm. And there's someone in the and there's someone in the backyard. There's a person. The man with the mask. There's a person looking in. He's suddenly outside now. How are they all getting in and out so quickly? We don't know. I, we don't know. Um. We assume that they are just fully aware of this house's layout but who knows so I... she screams um mm -hmm. the front door is being busted in mm -hmm. uh she goes to shut it and now there's a third person we see yes so there are three total masked people that is true yes and they're all wearing like older it looks like magic shop generic face masks yes um then she runs and they they're like banging on the house on the outside and then mm -hmm. james is home and it, and he comes home so close to when they're causing a ruckus that you i don't know about you but i assumed okay so he's in on it he's he's maybe one of the people in the masks for some reason i think the only reason i didn't is because i was like oh I think the whole time I was operating under this premise that, like, they're using the surprise element of who it is we're expecting and who it is that we see. So I was like, I guarantee you he's going to show up and they're all going to be gone. Because it's mm -hmm. otherwise, like, you know, it wouldn't be surprising. And I don't know. Oh, um, which brings me actually to life lesson number seven. Which is? Trust your girlfriend when she says that there's someone in the house. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, she is freaking out, obviously, and he's like, uh -huh. what? <laughs> and I don't... And he goes he, out He goes out to his car to get his phone, yeah. and then he's he's attacked when he goes outside. So then he's like, oh, my girlfriend's not just crazy. There are people terrorizing the house. Well, doesn't he get... Oh, he, his car is, like, fucked up. Someone's attacked his car. Yeah, and, and then he someone sees attacks someone, him, He's too. like, yo, mm -hmm. there's a person in a mask, and then... Bam, someone smashes into the back of the car. Yes. And then they run back inside. Yes. And at this point, James is like, hold on. I have a weapon that's mm -hmm. not just a knife. No. It's a giant-ass gun. It's Let's a giant-ass gun. Yep. Um, I bet it's behind all these books. <laughs> yeah. 
that's where we all keep our giant ass gun. Um, <laughs> so they get the gun. Yes. And they wait in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed. Well, Mike arrives. Mike arrives. Yes. Who is played by the guy who plays Dennis Reynolds in Always Sunny? Uh, Glenn Howerton. Oh. Okay, so that was the most exciting part of the entire film for me, that it was Glenn Howerton. I'm very excited for you. Um, <laughs> Mike arrives. He's like, what the fuck? There's, uh, this house has been ransacked. Yeah, um, but he doesn't say anything like, guys, are you okay? Guys, guys, are you okay? Uh, but, I, you just... know, I think that's like one, I will say that's one realistic part. Because if I entered the house of my friends and I saw that mm-hmm. the car was fucked up, the door is pounded in. There's shit everywhere. On the night that I thought he was proposing, I would mm-hmm. be like, someone might have murdered them. Like, that would be my so first would thought. You, so so then I would wouldn't be screaming slow, their name. But would you be slowly walking through the house? Like, Absolutely. Incorrect. I you would totally... No, no. I no. would... I would be... I would... If you want to hear what I would do, I would yeah, enter the I house. Do. I, I would do. secure the door behind me. I would turn on the outside lights. I would turn off the inside lights. And then I would slowly creep through. Because then you're operating under the darkness. Okay. You know safe. what I would do? The, the moment. Because remember, his car gets attacked before he even leaves his own car oh, to go that's check right. on that's the right, house. That's right. That's right. That's right. I would put... Met... What is it called? Pedal to the floor. Pedal to the metal. I would get the hell out of there and call 911. Done. End of film. I survived the horror movie. You did not. <laughs> How does he get attacked in his car? Oh, someone throws something at it, right? Someone throws something at the car. And shatters his windshield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I would chase that person down. Step one. Yeah. Knock them unconscious. But if for Pull some reason I did... Off. Yes. If, if for some reason I did get out of the car after someone threw a rock at my windshield... Actually, yeah, fuck that. Windshield. I would just... I would hit the gas and I would run over them. That's, Step well, one. Okay, see, but do you see what I'm saying here? Either way, even if I got out of the car, like Dennis Reynolds did. That's not the name of the actor or the character in this film. <laughs> if, even if I had gotten, Even if I had gotten out of the car, like Dennis Reynolds did, okay? As soon as I saw that the other person's car had been fucked with and that the house was open and things were busted open, I would hightail it back to my car, make sure no one was in my car, and get the hell out of there, calling 911 as I go. But we don't know if he has a cell phone. We don't, but like, come on. Yeah, I mean, that is a good, I think, yeah, calling the authorities would be. But what, what happens to him is the, the only thing in this film that really surprised me. That did get me. Oh, when really? He's, when he's creeping through the house and you think he's going to be the first kill, because at this point no one's been murdered. He's going to be the first kill of the man in the mask. And then what happens instead, Harrison? Later. He is the first kill, but it's by his own friends. Yes. They blow his face off because they think he's one of the people in a mask. Which leads me to number eight. Get a good look at someone before you shoot them. Yes, well... Sage advice, sage advice. That's easier said than done, though, because if you're not... I don't know. I feel like a high-stress a high situation, you're not used to using that gun... You're freaked out because you've been attacked. The last mm-hmm. thing I'm going to be thinking about is my friend pulling up. However, if I heard another car pull up and then I heard a collision, I would assume... Oh, wait, but don't they have the record player playing really loud? 
Oh, they do intermittently through the film. But like maybe that's why they didn't hear his car pull up. Anyway, Mike's dead. Mike's face is blown off with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. They're both sobbing. Yes. Kristen's throwing up. She's puking. <laughs> um. Now they're like, what are we going to do? So they don't have cell phones. They don't have a landline. Mike's face is gone. And so the only logical conclusion is to go to the shed where a radio transmitter that you remember from your childhood is. And you remember how to use, even though you also didn't know how to use the gun, but then you suddenly did. But sure, you know how to use the radio. But also you send Liv Tyler to do it. No, she runs after him because he's like, you stay here and hide, Liv Tyler. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because at this point in my watching, Michael walked into the room. Oh, nice. And we had a discussion on what went wrong there. Okay. And what we decided was Liv Tyler knew how to use the radio, so she should have been the one who goes with him anyway. Yeah, I really think separating is probably the worst idea in this case. Number nine. (laughs) <laughs> Don't separate, especially when one of you knows how to use a radio and, and you're leaving you that it. one behind. <laughs> so Liv Tyler approaches the radio mm-hmm. and boom, one of the people in a, ma- in a mask smashed the radio with an axe. <laughs> Kristen runs back to the house. Someone taunts her with a knife. And then she's knocked out. What happens to, what happens to what's his name? James. He gets knocked out in the woods. Oh, I think I forgot that part. Because it, it happens really quickly. So they're both unconscious. Yeah. A few hours later, <laughs> we bear witness to James and Kristen mm-hmm. tied to chairs, mm-hmm. waking up, crying, and the three masked people stab them over and over and over again and they take off their masks yes they take off their masks but we don't see their faces correct we don't see their faces this whole film we don't even know who they are are they real i mean yes presumably (laughs) you presume because two little little (laughs) baby christian missionaries find them yes so okay they are real spoiler alert um, if you've made it until this point and I haven't seen the movie. Just, just, just a big uh, giant spoiler alert, as yeah. always. This podcast contains spoilers. So, they get stabbed slowly. And, and arguably the most gruesome part of the movie. Sure. And also probably, what, the last five minutes of the movie? Yes. Um, of an 85-minute movie? Um, yes. So they get stabbed slowly. And then... The three masked people get in their truck and drive away. And, um... You're missing the really important part where one of the Christian missionary boys stops. And one of them goes, Can I have one of your Christian pamphlets? And the boy's like, Well, are you a sinner? Even though he's like seven years old. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And not at all worried that they're in a completely vacant neighborhood. (laughs) I just don't know, Harrison. (laughs) That's the film. That's it. We just did the whole film. That's the film. That's it. So, uh, 
the little boy says, are you a sinner? And the person says, sometimes. And then... <laughs> That's literally what happens. They drive away, and someone's, one of the masked people says, it'll be easier next time. And there is a sequel, I learned. Yeah. There's a sequel to Strangers Pray at Night. Which was... Um, anyway. Did you see this? Did you see the sequel? No, I, I didn't. Was it easier the second time, Harrison? Uh, you gotta ask the little Christian boys. Harrison, so into the into the movie. Easier the second time. <laughs> into the movie, little Christian boys roll into the house that's completely mm-hmm. decimated, mm-hmm. completely stoic look on their face. I know. Totally unfazed by yes. all of the chaos that had been revealed before their eyes as they walk into someone else's house and yep. see two presumably dead people on the ground, blood everywhere. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. one of the boys touches Kristen's body. And then, boom, Surprise. last jump scare. She yeah. wakes up and starts screaming and grabs his hand. Yes, correct. That's it. The end. That's the film. The That's the film. The Strangers. So, um, that's the movie. Harrison. What? Harrison. Harrison, why do you want me to watch this movie? <laughs> um, why? What? You didn't like it? Oh my god, Harrison. First, I want to say how much I love you. I'm looking at your face on our screen. You've got a beautiful face, beautiful hair. I like what you're doing with your beard. I like everything about you. But I hated this film. I can't wait for you to tell me why. Oh my god, I don't I don't even know how to start. I feel bad. I feel like do you do you want me to go first? Um, and then you defend it? Because I get the feeling like you did like this film. Okay, well, let me go first then. Okay, go ahead. Maybe so, you'll change my mind. Probably not. Um, <laughs> so actually, Carly wanted to watch this movie. And yes. I was like, I remember really disliking this film, but we can watch it. Because we take turns all the time picking movies. So she Granted. wanted to watch it. And she really likes invasion movies. It's like her favorite. So we were watching it. And then a few things stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. So originally, the reason that I didn't, I really disliked this movie was because when I first saw it, I wasn't really a fan of this style of pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like some of the biggest criticisms of this film are that the acting is really terrible, which I don't really think Liv Tyler's acting is bad. Um, I mean, she does clearly what the script gives her to work yeah, with. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. And, which I thought was interesting, but. Um, you know, so that a lot of people talk about how this is like in post nine eleven horror, which I think is really interesting. Um, it's more about wrong place, wrong time than it is trying to have some sort of moral um, like lesson. Lesson, you know, like in slasher films from the eighties or something, where it's about the perils of doing drugs or having premarital sex or whatever in this it's um, death is completely random and it's not um, even though it could be premeditated. It's just, if you're looking for a deeper meaning in the film, you're not going to get it. And mm-hmm. you know that it talks about stranger on stranger violence and a crit- uh, the film has been praised by some by saying it's a criticism of, like pastoral life, um, which I find really interesting. Um, I don't think that personally, I don't think that 
by just sprinkling in those terrible child actors at the end being like, are you a sinner? I think that's like, I wouldn't say heavy handed. I would say like nonchalant in a way that doesn't drive that home for me. But when I first watched this, my biggest hang up was the fact that it said it was based on a true story. So and what I'm going to say is, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Every, I'm jumping ahead. every fucking movie maker out there who pulls that shit at the beginning of a movie mm-hmm. to entice people to come and see it because they think that it's some sort of crime drama, which, I mean, I recognize now as extremely popular. Um, mm-hmm. Provide me a fucking detailed essay about how this is based on true events. Do not say that it is based on true events simply because people have been murdered before. That is so fucking lazy and uninteresting. Like, Which, I, is that not... I, I'm getting ahead. Go ahead. Go, go. That's originally like what pissed me off the most about this film. Because when it came out, I remember I was like, oh, I'm so fascinated by this. What is the true events that it's based on? And so I first read about um, the the, the uh, Keddy Cabin mur- murders of 1981. Which uh, I know nothing about. Which was a series of murders that occurred in Sierra Nevada, um, mm-hmm. which are unsolved. And if you haven't read about them, you should, because they're really, fri- they're really frightening. And I think I was, I sort of... Um, Kitty, like... Uh, K-I-D-D-I-E. Oh, okay. Or, not no, sorry, like Keddy, K E D D I E. Not yeah. like kitty, kitty cat. Not kitty cat. Not um, kitty cat. So if that were the case, and I don't know why this is my stipulation, but if that were the case, I would be more inclined to sort of be excited about this movie. But actually, what the director was said has been in interviews has said is that he lived on a street, like in the middle of nowhere. And one night someone came into his house and like knocked on the door and asked for someone. And that person didn't live there. And then those people had been breaking into other people's homes and they would go up to the door and say, is anyone here or knock or whatever? And if someone wasn't home, they would break in and steal stuff. Okay. That is far fucking less interesting. So the, actually, then what, what he actually revealed was that mm -hmm. his inspiration for the film were the Tate murders. Okay. Which I'm more familiar with. I I just couldn't. That makes me so disappointed to know because not that those murders are not interesting, but those were famous people that were targeted. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so different. And I just think it's so fucking lazy to put that at the beginning of your movie to be to lure people in. Like, I don't know. And maybe maybe that wasn't what he was thinking, but that's like, when I see that, that's the first thing I think of is like, Oh, that's fascinating. What is it based on? And yes. And I mean, anyone could just say that like, like that's my biggest hang up. I remember watching this movie. So rewatching it. Um, I wasn't as hung up about that. I mean, I still think it's bullshit, but, um, I, I think that it is, having stepped away from it for a little while and revisiting it, I think it is kind of hard to guess what would happen in that situation. Right. I think that that's one strength of the movie is it's, is it subtlety? I think the pacing is another big strength of it. Like 
I, um, I don't know. That, those are things that really excite me about contemporary horror is really paying attention to those things. And this, you know, the sound, the musical score was really good. Um, That's, that is true. Like a lot of the, and like the way that they use the record player, you know, the diegetic and non-diegetic sound within the film, <gasps> film school <gasps> words, we learned that in film school. <laughs> are really effective in this movie. Like more like to the point where I was I was conscious of it. Which at mm-hmm. this point, having been so separated from analyzing films in that way, I feel like is a success of the movie. Yes. Um I also think like some of the production information is a little interesting, like um how Liv Tyler talked about it. It was one of the most difficult films she's worked on because she had to scream. Um, she had tonsillitis because of so much screaming. Um, and also the masks, um, that they picked, they made for the movie. Uh, you know, they wanted them to look like they were available at any store, which I think was effective too, because that became a trope after this movie in Hollywood and horror movies, the like generic mask. Um, Mm -hmm. not that it hadn't been like in the seventies and eighties, but this like brought it back, I think. Um, and also I think it was interesting. Um, Liv Tyler requested that she not see any of the masks prior to filming. So like all of her reactions are very real. All of the like production elements I'm interested in. Um, I like the limited cast because I think it was telling in itself, um, how they had very, little to go on in terms of the script like a lot of it was improvisation um improvisation um and all those things made me appreciate it a little more i like i like the ending um i would have been i kind of would have felt ambivalent about it had they just had the two little kids just rolled up and they were both dead i mean I don't know how that segues into the second film because I haven't seen it and I've read that it's utter trash, so I'm not mm-hmm. interested in watching it. But um, I, I am interested in... I think it's it, it's effective in setting a mood and a tone. So for me, like... And this is just me applying my own personal narrative, I suppose, but, like... Or, I guess, um, experiences. Whenever we camp or go to, like, a cabin like this, and not even because of this movie, just because... Uh, the I'm just a paranoid person. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime we go to a place and we camp, I the first thing I do is I go through the whole house and make sure that nothing is unusual about it. The sure. last time we went camping in uh, the mountains, I found a hatchet under our bed, and it. Was, I don't like that. It was after like the sun had already set. So like I hadn't had time to really look outside around the place. The next morning I woke up, there was a crawl space under the house that could access the bedroom, like all sorts of shit that I, I would have, I didn't sleep basically for our three day vacation because I was so freaked out. I mean, I, I could not sleep all night long. I was wide awake. Yes. And so things like this affect me. So like this movie, I could relate a lot to being scared, isolated in a place where I feel like I don't have control because whoever is outside has control. I always think about this when I'm inside my house and I have my lights on, people from the outside can see you. Um, I'm just, it, it freaks me out. Like it's a, it's like a fear of mine is like being watched. So, um, I think that this movie was really effective in that way. Um, I think the subtle 
realizations like we don't hear any dogs we don't hear any cars like all of that is also interesting because this is a like it it makes you wonder how premeditated this is and then you discover that it's not at all right it's like a totally mm -hmm. random thing they probably never even have been to this town um mm -hmm. so then why 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 is it a vacant area you know i think it 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 leaves a lot open to think about uh which i like mm -hmm. um again i don't really think that james i think his acting in this it kind of ruined it for me um i think everyone else i think did great um i think the pacing as effective as it is also like there isn't enough tension to keep it interesting with that pacing i think like this is a victim of having too little happening over a long period of time this film mm -hmm. um so i think for that i'm not you know a fan of that element um but it, it's out so just to clarify you you've watched this film before did you watch it when it first came out I must have watched it shortly after it came out. Um, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I definitely didn't see it in theaters. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it was because I just... I think I think You know, based on the trailer, which is just a picture of Liv Tyler standing in the living room and then someone in the background in a mask. And I think from watching the trailer and just putting it together, I think it was one of those films that I was like, I'm not, I'm not super interested in this. It feels like a less interesting version of scream and there's also something the color palette of the film is really off-putting and not in a way that's unsettling in a way mm -hmm. that's like it just just doesn't make dull. it pleasing to watch like yeah and so that makes it even harder to get through i think like it's just all browns and coppers and yellows and the whole color palette of the movie is i'm so curious about it like and and what, why it was selected. Um, and, and I think that's also reflecting, reflected in the, like, reception of this film and, like, how critics talk about it because all the negative reviews are, like, uh, like, things are just, I've heard is, like, the protagonists are really stupid and passive. Um, the director is a, <laughs> is a hack because he tries to get under our skin with a pile driver it's just, it comes off as like, it's very heavy handed. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's, he I don't feel like it's that heavy handed. Personally. I mean, it's not like an Eli Roth film. Right. I mean, if this is heavy handed for this director, then dear God, I don't know what his other movies are like. <laughs> Barely and, and anything actually, happens. <laughs> yeah. And actually I, w so after this, I was like, well, what else did he direct? Like I'm interested now. And cause he wrote the strangers as well. And so mm -hmm. I was like, well, what else did he write? So he wrote something called Mockingbird, which I haven't seen. Something called The Monster, which I haven't seen. And something called The Dark and the Wicked, which has yet to be released, but has really, really good reviews, which I really want to see. I watched the trailer. It looks really good. The mm. Monster got really, generally pretty good reviews. And it came out in like 2016. And I watched the trailer and I am interested in watching it. Um, Mockingbird is about a clown, apparently. So I don't know. <laughs> that sounds right up your alley. Yeah. So like clown town. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on the strangers. Okay. So I just, <laughs> I hear all the points you make about like 
some of the subtlety, which can be refreshing, um, and some of the pacing, which can be refreshing, and, and even just, like, the idea of, like, you think that there's going to be a motive, and there isn't, like, and this is another thing that Michael brought up when he came into the movie, you know, talking about, is someone like Michael Myers scarier when he is thought to be the, the brother of Jamie Lee Curtis, mm. and so he has a motivation for killing her, or is it scarier when there's no reason he's killing anyone? He just, the first time he killed someone, it was his sister, but from then on, he's just killing random people. Like, what's scarier, right? The motive or the complete lack of the motive? So, like, I get what you're saying there, but I, and I think I mentioned, I asked you about when you watched this, because I think maybe I would enjoy it a lot more if I had seen it in 2008. Um, I worked in a movie. That was the summer I worked in a movie theater. This movie would have been out the summer I worked in a movie theater. Um, I did not see it at the time. I wonder if I would have liked it more. I just feel with my perspective in 2020, every interesting thing that this film might have touched upon has been done better by oh, another yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even the home invasion genre, um, I think the first Purge, which isn't even a movie I like too much, but the first Purge, I think, is a, is a more interesting home invasion film than this is. Um, I don't remember your next, really, but it was done several years later, and for me, it's already starting to meld into The Stranger's. Just like I said it would. Like, I'm already starting to get confused. When I look back at the masks from The Strangers, I think of the mask from Your Next, which are essentially the same, except instead of looking vaguely doll-like, they're, they're animal-like. And I just, I don't know. Like, the, you know, there's, there's, there's movies like, um, what's that movie where the guy, I think it's like Don't Speak? I just feel like there's a lot of interesting movies like Hush, right, that deal with, like, the senses um, in more interesting ways. And The Strangers, But that's a, I mean, that's like, a, that's, like, that's like the whole concept of that film. I know, but I'm just saying, everything that could maybe potentially sort of be interesting about The Strangers, I feel like is, is present in another film that did it better. Yeah, that's interesting, because I, I wonder if you could subtract that, or try to subtract, I mean, I'm trying to even remember if I will, watched your next so uh, your next is actually a lot like did you see have you seen the purge films like all of them no i haven't have you seen the you haven't seen any of the purge films yo we're gonna watch at least the fourth one because i'm actually i'm actually i would consider myself a fan of the purge series and they get better each one is better than the one that came before it in my opinion so one of these days I'm going to make you watch the fourth purge, which is hilariously called the first purge, even though it is the fourth purge film. <laughs> All right. It's good. Anyway, you feel also feel free after we watch it to just hate it. So you can get your revenge on me for this episode. <laughs> I don't think I've seen your next. And I think that I get it. I think you're right. Like it, it's symptomatic of this genre where it's like, I think I didn't watch Your Next because I'm like, I've already seen that a million times. And then there's another movie like Your Next, which is also the dinner party like concept. Yeah. Is also in that movie. And I think that's in the other movie I'm thinking about where there's like a lantern that they light at the end. Which is called like, is it called like, um, 
invitation, the invitation, yeah. or... It's all similar where it's about a group of friends. But this is about... The Strangers is just about two people. And they're two people who are in a romantic relationship. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen your next, so I don't know if that's similar. But I think it's more of like a, a family or like a bunch of people, right? And it's premeditated. Yes. I, not necessarily. Um, I don't really remember. I don't know that it is premeditated. I think okay. it, all of this plays with... Um, there being, you think there's going to be a reason and then there's not. Or the reason is just because they like to kill. They like to torture people. They like to kill people. Right. Every once in a while, the home invasion film is actually about money. But, like, I feel like it's commonly more, it's like a trope now, almost. Yeah. The fact that it's just about some person who likes murdering. And I, I actually, you brought up, the fact that this is different because it's just about two people who are in a relationship. This is a common problem I have with horror movies specifically. I mean, all movies, obviously, but we're big fans of the horror genre, right? I've watched a lot of horror movies. I think Liv Tyler was great in this film with what she had, but she was not an interesting person or even a pleasant person. And neither was the boyfriend. Right. I mean, they don't eat none. Neither of them emote, but it's almost, it's not, I don't think it's because they're bad at acting. It's just, it's a really awkward time in these two characters' life, right? And they're not interesting people in general. So I kind of didn't care that they were being stalked. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I, that's actually, and someday when you watch all four of the Purge films, which I assume you will. That's one of my biggest my biggest problems with the first, pur- not the first purge, the fourth purge, but the purge that happened first. <laughs> my problem with the purge that happened first is that you don't care about these people. Like you're kind of happy when they're when they're murdered. You're like those people kind of sucked, and with these people, it was like, eh. it didn't make me. They weren't relatable. Like, oh, you guys are so boring, just like people are. Right, and I think that like, was like. I think that was the intention. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you mentioned the pastoral idea, the idea that this is maybe some sort of, like, American ideal that was going awry because she didn't say yes to his proposal. Right, and they felt, I mean, they felt like strangers to each other when the answer wasn't yes, which I think is also, like... There you go, that's clever. Like, I think it's effective, and it's it's a slow burn, but I just don't think it fully lands. Like, Mm -hmm. even, even reading about when they were cast, like the interest level from both of the main characters was that the writer and director writes how normal people communicate. Um, and they're, you know, the audience actually gets time to breathe with me while the movie's occurring. But I feel like that to what end in this movie, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think the, and that's why, like, the murder scene at the end is probably the most effective thing about it is because it is slow and it is guttural and it feels just, like, pretty awful. And I think um, you're right. We don't really get to know these characters enough to care about it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I want to know what Car- – so you mentioned Carly is yeah. a fan of the genre, of the home invasion genre. Yes, what did Carly think about this movie? Because I'm she's interested a, in that. Well, she's a fan of the home invasion genre, but she's also like deeply disturbed by people stalking people. So okay. some of the, some movies like um, 
Oh God, I also haven't seen that series. Um, the Hunger Games. She's I'm a- sorry, you have okay. Yeah. I guess you're not a middle school teacher. I'm not. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, 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 I shouldn't be so jaded, but to me, it's like, how many times can we redo Lord of the Flies? I don't know. Like, I, you're not wrong. You are not wrong, and I, that also means I shouldn't recommend Society on Netflix to you. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, it's not to say that, like, if the two of us decided to watch it, I would watch Hunger Games. I mean, I just, I think I missed the hype train for that, kind of, because I wasn't, like, really super interested in, because everyone was like, oh my god, Jennifer Lawrence, oh my god, Hunger Games, it's so good. And I was like, I I don't know, I just don't, it it just, I I I don't know that. It simply doesn't interest me, I think that's the only reason I haven't forced myself to watch it. But for Carly, I'm writing this down now. (laughs) For Carly, I think it's more like she like Scream is her favorite movie, mm-hmm. um, but I think Scream is I mean Wes Craven is untouchable. Scream is a great film. Like, yeah, and I think this isn't attempting to be that. You know, Scream is a very smart film. Like it's so there's so much nuance to it. I don't feel like The Strangers has very much nuance at all. I think instead it's like quite the opposite. He wanted to depict exactly what was happening, which was a nonchalant murder. Like. Attempted mm-hmm. murder, whatever. Um, and I guess in that way, is it a success? Sure. But to what end? Like, I think with Scream, and I mean, it's hard. We should, maybe we shouldn't even compare the two. But I think with Scream, it's also talking about society in a much broader context. I don't mm-hmm. know that this film is at all. Aside from, I can agree that, like, in terms of, like, a post-9-11 victimization of the other like not even the other like random i wouldn't even say yeah because it's not the other it's it's just like random it's devoid of a meaning of another yeah really um it's especially I... it's especially interesting watching it now like in trump's america because mm-hmm. i think now people are so i mean americans have always been very selfish but i think it's been amplified to an alarming degree due to all of the just mishandlings of everything since he took office. Um, and I think watching this now, it, it maybe, it maybe like says something even further that it's so boring, like witnessing these people being targeted and murdered. For no reason. <laughs> and, and we're just like, I, we're just yeah. like, okay. And like, you know? whatever, dude, I yeah. actually, that, I'm glad you brought that up because at one point, um, Mike, when Michael came in, he only saw the back half of this, and he, he was talking about, he was like, I wish we were watching this in a proper theater. I bet you'd be really scared. And as he was saying that, there was a drum scare. I don't remember what it was. And it didn't even phase us. And he was like, I feel like we're just not the right people for this movie. We, it means nothing to us. Yeah. We're completely desensitized. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is, you know, and that definitely will tie into our review, like our rating of it. Because I, I don't, I don't know that this movie stands the test of time. I will, I will gladly admit that I'm, I am glad that I rewatched it. I think that mm-hmm. I'm glad I gave it another chance. I think that like bringing current context to it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know that, I mean, s- simply the fact that we can't re- like differentiate it from two other films that are in a similar vain i mean says maybe all we need to say about it you know mm-hmm. um i i would give this like a three out of six and that's because like i'm 
I'm more interested in the production. I'm more interested in, you know, um, practical filming, uh, practical things I notice about the filming and the production than I am about the actual story or information therein. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, think I mean, that, I mean that's like all I... That's it. Yeah, Three that's out it. of six Harrisons. Yeah. I... This is an opportunity. I didn't. I said I hated this film earlier, and I kind of did. But this is a moment where I'm happy that we don't do zeros because I don't think it deserves a zero out of six, Kayla's. No. Which isn't even an option. It's not. <laughs> That's why of I said our, no. You our can't do stupid, it. stupid <laughs> rating system. So I would give I would give it a one out of six. A one out of six, Kayla's. And I why? just, I just, it was just for me. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was useless for me. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even entertaining in the moment for me. Yeah. And I, probably because I'm jaded, I'm desensitized now. I've become a monster. But also, not just from scares, right? But from anything that that film was trying to say. Yeah. I but th- I, I think yeah. also, if six is 100, you're giving it less than 50%. You're giving it, like, a failing grade. Yeah, I am giving it a failing grade. And you're comfortable with that i'm 100 comfortable you i feel the way you said that made it seem like you were like i have goopy gorp the guy who directed this film whose name is brian verdino i have brian verdino here with me and he's like next to you and he's crying and i'm like i'm sorry now that i'm looking at your face face. i have my verdino or like Liv tyler is right behind you oh i wish I, I even resisted saying she gets, something like... She gets like, six out of six, just because... Listen, I'm not Tyler. a fan of Liv Tyler. Oh, my God. I I have not nice things to say about the way she looks. And I'm not going to say that because I, oh I, I'm God. trying to be a good person. <laughs> well, not that I'm some beautiful person, by the way, listeners at home who know. <laughs> it's Soon it's going to be Rex Manning Day. That's all I have to say. What does that mean? Oh my god. That tells what? me all I need to know about that. <gasps> I know what movie we're picking next. Oh god. Also, I just it? need to clarify that this is not my film selection. This I doesn't count. <laughs> You're never gonna pick your film. <laughs> I have to pick my film. Kayla and Michael and Carly and I watched and picked four films and I still have not felt comfortable deciding on one, but I am forcing myself to do it. Next week next week's episode will be my pick. But I'm not okay. going to reveal. I thought this was your pick. And I thought I was breaking your heart when I was no, giving remember, this I awful review of it. I preemptively warned you. I said, just so you know, we need to do The Strangers, but it's not my pick. <laughs> I don't remember anything like that. <laughs> so just so everyone knows, next week's episode will be my pick. I'm feeling scared. Wait, are you? I feel like I'm still piecing apart. Your reference. Are you referencing that movie where it's a bunch of young people on a cover and it's a white background and Liv Tyler looks like this on the front? Oh my god. You'll have to wait and see. Oh, what is that movie called? It's one of the best movies ever made, first of all. Uh, I've never seen it. Whatever it is. Oh my god. Okay, that's it. We're done. We'll see everyone (laughs) next week. I've seen Lord of the Rings. We'll see everyone (laughs) She said Lord of the Rings. How dare you. Okay. Bye. Bye. What's the name of this movie? (laughs) Oh, God.